Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacoe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, J.P. Chunga sitting in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Featuring the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Jazz win tonight in overtime, 120 to 119 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll get you some player sound as uh, they are made available, J.P. But Lowry Markinen, 43 and 10 tonight. 15 of 28 from the field, 3 of 2 from 3, 10 of 10 at the line. And, in fact, uh, don't do math on the air, but uh, he missed nine threes, and he missed 13 shots overall. So only missed four shots from inside the three-point arc tonight. Well, I thought they got good looks down the stretch uh, for the Jazz as far as they had, like, a possession where they grabbed four offensive rebounds, but they missed every single three. They got good looks. Even Lowry missing all those shots, going to the free throw line to make up for it. Huge. The fact that he has put himself to this point where you look at Vegas and you say, who has the best odds for the most improved player? Lowry Markinen right now, according to sports books, the one that I'm looking at right now, covers.com. Lowry Markinen has the best odds to win most improved player right in front of Shea Gilgis Alexander. And that was the battle tonight. Them dueling each other, trying to score in the clutch. Lowry got the better of them. Locke brought it up how OKC's clutch offense down the stretch isn't as good as the way that they played during the uh, rest of the game. And it's because they rely so heavily on Shea Gilgis-Alexander. We were talking about how the ball will get kicked out to Giddy, and he wanted no part of shooting. He won't shoot. No. Didn't want to do it. And it's because he's a bad three-point shooter, but he's left wide open and... The one that he did shoot was an air ball. It was bad. It was awful. And so that's what happens when it's late game for them. They have to rely so much on Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and he can deliver a lot of points. He's been pouring it on this entire year, but when he's dueling against the Jazz and Larry Markkinen, wasn't enough. Well, I thought it was interesting what Coach Hardy said about uh, how Lowry's the focus of everything and he's still performing. You know, Shea, everybody in the building knows who's getting the ball down the stretch for the Thunder, and Shea's great. Well, that's tough to do. Yeah. When everybody knows what's coming and uh, you still got to go do it anyway. And Lowry's done a good job. I, I remember when Gordon Hayward first got kind of the top of uh, scouting reports uh, when he became emerged as the Jazz number one. And it took him a long time to adjust to that, if he ever did. 
And, uh, man, no problem for Lowry. But even on that team, he wasn't the guy taking the clutch shots. It was Joe Johnson. It was Joe Johnson or others. Or George Hill. or Exactly. It wasn't Gordon Hayward beating somebody off the dribble. He wasn't an isolation player. Right. And Lowry not necessarily being that, but he still made a lot of tough shots in this game. They had some posts up for Lowry late in the game, and he made shots through contact, got the and ones. The fact that he drew that three-pointer foul towards the end of the game to tie it, to give them the lead, crucial. He's going to be the top of the scouting report throughout, but the other thing that he needs to provide is that leadership. We talked about it in pregame, not having Mike Conley, the one guy that everybody can look to and say, best player, it's Larry Markkinen. And he has to be the guy to bring in Chris Dunn, to bring in everybody so that they can have success. Speaking of Chris Dunn, let's go down here, uh, downstairs and hear from the man himself. Um, they worked hard on me just to, you know, understand the plays, understand the defensive concepts, and, you know, uh, honestly, just try to go out there and just do what I do, you know, uh, just try to be me and uh, choose my points when to be aggressive, guard the ball, and try to get guys involved. You expect every game to be this exciting? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. The fans was crazy today. Uh, I love it. You know, the atmosphere was good today. Um, you know, the team played well. Lowry did what he, you know, what all-stars do, so... You know, it's definitely a good, good first done. debut. Shea's obviously an incredible player. What's kind of the challenge of trying to slow him down as best you can? Yeah, you just got to build a wall around him. You know, uh, like you say, he's a talented player, skill. He understands the game, um, and he's aggressive. When somebody you know has the ability to be able to go downhill each and every play, you know, he puts pressure on your defense. He causes fouls. So the best thing you could do is just try to load up <coughs> and try to see if other people uh, can try to beat you. You're kind of noted for your defense. What are your early impressions of the team's other kind of president, defender, and walker? Oh, my gosh. He was unbelievable. I asked for eight blocks. He gave me seven. We'll talk about it another time. But uh, unbelievable. And, you know, he's a rookie, right? Yeah. So for him to be a rookie and to be able to understand the defensive concepts, the offensive thing going to come, you know, uh, as he gets more comfortable. But defensively, if he's doing this as a rookie, just imagine year four, right? Um, he could be you know, phenomenal for, you know, the Utah Jazz for a very long time. So definitely an exciting player. As a perimeter defender, what's it like to play in front of a guy like that? Say that again? Like, as, as someone who's a perimeter defender, what's it like to have someone like Walker back there just a, a rim? Oh, I could play aggressive. I could play more up. I could hound the ball because I understand I got a tower behind <laughs> So it's almost like we're playing cat and mouse. You know, it's, it's up to you if you want to go down there or not. So because they don't want to go down there most of the time, now I could have them on the perimeter where I want the guys at. So it's definitely fun to have somebody down there who can block shots. When you're you know, in a situation like this where you're kind of coming in 24 hours ago, what's your goal offensively, you know, trying to find that balance between doing you but trying to fit into a team Uh Just go out there and try to run a team, you know. Uh, you know, look like you know what you're doing, basically. Uh, try to be confident about it because, you know, everybody can read your energy, you know, the team. If you're confident about it, I think uh, – you know, it resonates all through the teammates. So I just try to make sure I understand the plays, try to get guys in the right spot and just be, you know, confident in what I do and be aggressive and, you know, however the dominoes fall, they fall. Are there things that you picked up from, like, just the 16, 17 minutes tonight that you're going to use in your next game? Uh, About, like, your teammates' tendencies and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, I'm a basketball fanatic, so I already kind of knew what these guys do. Um, but, you know, to see it up close, you know, we got a lot of talented guys and, you know, we got a lot of good shooters. Uh, so it's my it's my job to make sure I push up, push the pace, get inside the paint, uh, kick it up to the guys so they can knock it down. 
Shea was 9 of 18 entering the fourth quarter, and, and in overtime and over the fourth quarter, he was relatively quiet. Was there a defensive change that you can speak to that contributed to that? Yeah, you got to try to just build a wall around him. Like I said, uh, you know, he understands the game. Uh, he puts a lot of pressure on your defense. He's he's downhill each and every play, you know, so that's he's going to put pressure on, the, you know, on the refs, you know, to make the call, blow the whistle. Um, I think we did a good job to try to just, you know, not no knock to the other players on their team. You know, everybody's in the NBA for a reason, but try to make other people around them try to beat us. Thank you. Yep, appreciate, appreciate you. All right, there you go. Chris Dunn, after making his Jazz debut tonight, drawing the backup point guard duties, played 17 minutes, 11 points, 5 of 10 shooting, had an assist, and a couple of steals as Jazz win in overtime, 120 to 119. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories. From real Mark Miller Subaru customers, Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. We'll have more for you coming up. Straight ahead, you are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my. Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, J.P. Chunga sitting in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Jazz winning overtime 120 to 119 over the Oklahoma City Thunder postgame. Brought to you by Mike, Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. JP, let's check out the uh, Master of the Glass. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass with a career-high 18 boards Walker Kessler had also a career-high seven block shots to go along with his seven points, uh, made the game-saving block uh, to send it to overtime. And uh, I thought Coach Hardy's comments on Walker were amusing because you can tell he he coaches Walker Kessler hard and even said, you know, I'm, I'm riding his case the whole game, and then I get back and look at his box score, and he even said, maybe I'm an idiot, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Well, because it was a quiet uh rebounds and blocks seven blocks for a guy he's been doing that i I think he had a six block game uh recently in in his uh performances but walker yeah it's amazing how the bar gets risen for him and how much more is expected of this guy to perform and do more now that he's in the starting lineup and ever since he's been he's been performing pretty well and those defensive rebounds that he grabbed were very important because I know that Lou Dort had one that had us grown in here in in the room of an offensive board that the Thunder got, but they really secured the the glass come fourth quarter and come down the stretch so that they could win this game. In fact, let's get down to the podium. It's uh, Walker Kessler and Larry Markkinen. <laughs> Behind the line. <laughs> you know what's crazy, man? I don't even have that 16. But, yeah, it, I mean, it, it was a – Play that we ran uh, got pretty open look. I think I thought you were going to be he even more. Jumped a little bit. He respected I, I, me a little I bit. Thought I thought you were kind of be more open, but that's the play we walked through and uh, we spoke it to existence that he's going to make. It, so. 
Yeah, Will, Will said that you bullied him into... I did. So I showed up to his house one day. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> See, he makes one rising star game, and he starts getting three. Well, the, the story is, there's a story behind it. After the skills challenge, I got hit, you know, like two threes or whatever. You didn't hit threes in the rising I was there. No, not the rising stars game, the skills challenge. Oh, okay. Stop. You didn't watch the skills challenge, man. You were under the podium or whatever, getting ready for the uh, competition. Yeah, go ahead. So I made whatever, and like I was like, Coach, see that three? He was like, all right, Kessler, first play out of break. We're going to run a three for like a play for you. Run a three. I was like, ah, ha, ha. You know, you got me, coach. Um, but sure enough, uh, he ran a play. And I was like, oh. I was like, all right. Well, better not. What's the offensive guys. rating on that play? Offensive rate, 100%. Three and 300. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it went, it went pretty well. I was happy with it. Did you walk through that this morning? Or did you yes, I did. And I shot it like 20 times after. And then, like, I couldn't nap today because I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> no, it was uh, it was good. It was a good time. It was fun. Good play. Good start. Next question. Larry, you know your your dunk stats are at a career high this year. You're around the rim finishing, also career high. Why do you think that is? And like, I guess follow up question: Are you just straight up more athletic than you were earlier in your career? I am. Okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, I've, last couple of years I've changed kind of. Changed my, I mean, not that it was bad before, but I mean, I changed the program a little bit, kind of. Then I started playing, it actually worked out. I started doing more, like, athletic stuff. <laughs> and then uh, ended up playing the three the whole year and kind of kept going. And so I do feel better physically. Uh, lost some weight. It's easier to move that kind of body. But I mean, just then the mentality just go to the rim and finish and you're either going to get a dunk or a foul so that's my mindset just trying to get can't just rely on threes like I, I was a depends on who you are what was I three I, three I for I three for I was three for 12 so it just tells you that I can't just rely on the three ball I know it's going to go in eventually but <clears throat> just got to switch it up and keep the defense on it so trying to be a all-around basketball player than just a three-point shooter I would say you're doing pretty good, man. Lowry, uh, Coach already said that your physicality has gone up as the season's progressed. Uh, what kind of difference has that made for you in close games like this, like where you guys needed to get baskets and, and just needed to get a play on basically every possession? Yeah, it's helped. We've gotten a ton of looks <clears throat> throughout the season because see different coverages with teams playing me different ways every night. and. Uh, Sometimes it's just they're just trying to be physical and you uh, <clears throat> got to respond to that. And so I think I've got a lot of reps in about that and then just knowing that, I mean, a lot of times I'm either bigger, the, bigger than the guy who's guarding me, so just try to be physical with him. And uh, like I said, not just rely on jump shot, but just bully them a little bit. Mm. Walker, take us through that play at the end of regulation where you're guarding him out on the perimeter and then you make the recovery to the block. Um, you know, obviously, uh, he's, a, he's an unbelievable, unbelievable shooter. So I had to, you know, contest him a little bit. Um, and then when he drove uh, baseline side, you know, I knew in that moment, because I'm a shot blocker, he's probably going to reverse it. Um, so what I do is I attack an angle kind of towards the middle yeah, of the seven bucks. Yeah, man, that's what I do. I don't know, it's tall. Um, 
but I attack the middle of the basket and I go up with both hands so I can, you know, contest the right, contest the left in case he reverses it. Um, and then once I saw that he gave it, you know, like a little up and under, I knew that I could block it on the left side. And he blocked it, and I think that was the first time I ever showed emotion after a play, too. So I need to see a video. I got to work on controlling my myself. <laughs> you said you had a good three-point uh, celebration ready. I mean, I didn't see it. Uh, was, oh yeah, I hyped it up. I got a couple, <laughs> but I, just, I couldn't. I, just, I was, you were thinking about the. First, if it was like first, game winner, I would have done it. But I no, mean, you I was, wouldn't. <laughs> what? You would have. You would have been too excited. Show yeah, some emotion. I was just smiling, man. I was just like, yeah. um, you want to show them your celebration? I got it. I mean, no. No. Maybe another time. Pull it out in the game, huh? Do you want to show it? In no, game. in game, in game, yeah, in game. Yeah, in game, game is better. To be or to be announced, I don't know. It's coming out in a theater near you. <laughs> that last play with the block, is that one that you'd say, is that a play that you'd say you could have made at the beginning of this year? And how have you grown in Garden Frankfurt? Um, You know, I think with more time and, you know, learning more, uh, a lot of it just has to do with confidence. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I have pretty good instincts about that kind of stuff. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about it, a lot of time watching film. Um, so I, I think so. Mara, do you feel like you're gaining confidence? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, like this season, like, do you think that like, you, you're, the way that you view yourself has changed at all? Yeah, I'm more confident. Mm -hmm. uh, just the mindset going into games is kind of. Yeah. Go make a go make a difference and be the finisher. I mean, just, nice. That was good. Um, but yeah, gaining confidence and just like I said, just trying to switch it up. But even though the three's not falling, it's still I have all the confidence in the world that next shot's going in, and uh, so it'll start falling soon. And but <clears throat> overall, yeah, definitely game by game, just seeing different things. You can kind of. Make the reads off of, I've gotten better at that. So it's just knowing that you're going to get to your spots and they can't take everything away. So, yeah. Where do you think this game ranks as in like your season's best games? Uh, Top three at least, right? How many rebounds you get? Like team-wise? Oh, you got ten. No, for you, for you double personally. Double. Oh, individually? Double. I don't know. Top uh, three, probably. Yeah, it's uh, top I three. How's this campaign? I don't know. It's top three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll let him decide. Let's go top three. But I mean, just the uh, mindset of never being satisfied, and I mean, just <clears throat> we're moving on the next one, and got to make sure it's not the last one of these. Larry Will said he had a conversation about you with you about kind of your approach and demeanor for the rest of the year and kind of being a leader for the rest of the team. What was that conversation like and how do you plan on approaching that for the rest of the year? Yeah, we had a talk <clears throat> just, and he already knows just about this seven months that we've known each other, kind of what kind of person I am and kind of, we went through the kind of leadership ways that it's like, still got to be your own self and that's just, I'm not the guy who's going to have the, big, long, motivational speeches, but, I mean, just trying to lead by example and uh, just little things that I've seen. I mean, I've I've been in the league, this is my sixth year, so I've seen some stuff. I've still got a lot to learn, but just something that I think I can help some of my teammates. So just go talk one-on-one -on -one with them and uh, 
kind of have a conversation with them, but just I think I've always been a leader by example, just show up and uh, do the work and kind of that's how we're going to get better. But being, I'm still getting more comfortable and trying to learn how to be that leader in the locker room. And uh, that's what something that I want to get better at and I want to learn. And But just I'm fortunate to I've had teammates that being great leaders like hung around with Mike obviously this year and uh, kind of same kind of quiet <laughs> leadership way I think and uh, so I took some pointers of that but so yeah. Walker you alluded to this by talking about how you're going to the middle of the hoop on that play and Will's brought it up as well your I guess ambidexterity in blocking shots. That's a great word. Was that means great? Yeah. How and when? I guess how and when did you get? Oh yeah, I got, I'm not familiar with. Um. <clears throat> all right, all right. At a very early age, you know, I was able to paint masterpieces with both hands. Um, Is this going to be a long time. story? Can I go? No, you're good. Um, you can't go. Actually, you're required to be here. Uh, no, in all in all seriousness, you know, just I think. Uh, when I was like in middle school and high school, um, I played against a lot of guards, and so a lot of those guards are really crafty, you know, with finishing, and so I just learned to, you know, be able to use both hands. And then, yeah, you just the, the more you play, the more you learn. You know, you learn techniques. Um, just kind of, kind of like that. So here we are. What have your guys' impressions been of JTA and Damian? Oh, they're great guys. Um, great guys. Great teammates. You know they're gonna they're gonna help us a lot, um, not only on the court but in the locker room. Um, so very very happy. And Lowry, you got to play with Chris in Chicago before. Yeah, three three years. Yeah, I mean great dude. Just love to share the locker room with him and just having the, he has the great personality and obviously on the court he can make plays on both ends of the floor. We love his defense and uh, so I'm glad to have him here. Uh, but yeah, we just have that experience from a couple of years back, so I'm happy to be playing with him. And so, awesome, great dude, man. Thank y'all. That was a long. Walker Kessler and Lowry Markin and man, a, a regular comedy routine uh, with those two. We'll get uh, JP's thoughts on what we just heard coming up right around the corner. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz win tonight over the Thunder. 120 to 119. We'll have more for you next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. 
now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Wow! The outcome is in the books. Now, let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, J.P. Chunga in for Coach Lacombe. Tonight, Jazz winning overtime 120-119 to over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. We also want to remind you about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators, presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Jazz and Instructure will recognize 14 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a Jazz game in a suite. Go to utahjazz.com slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator right now. Boy, did we hear an entertaining... Um, post-game, uh, I guess, press conference from Lowry and Walker Kessler. I guess those two together is going to become uh, a thing. And <laughs> they're funny. Jazz Key and Peel. I have uh, been in the locker room when they're just shouting at each other when they do their post-game scrums, when they aren't at the podium. And Lowry's on one end of the locker room. Walker's right when you walk in. And they are going back and forth at each other, just sniping one another. What do you think about Walker's three-point uh, bucket tonight? They talked a lot about that. Apparently, we didn't get the the celebration that is eventually going to happen. I remember I was watching that skills challenge uh, where he was doing it with Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton. He was shooting that stroke, that three-pointer, and um, yeah, he better show a, a celebration next time. That was the one thing every. All-Star break, you would ask Rudy, hey, are you going to get a three up in this All-Star game? And he'd say, maybe. And he would never do it. Finally. Big man who shoots. Well, I'll tell you what, if if he can turn into a functional shooter where where he can space the floor a little bit, that will be that will be a real significant... We might be a little far off from that. ...evolution in his game. Yeah, I, I don't think that's coming. I don't think that's coming tomorrow. And honestly, he probably needs to, to start with the foul line. And then work his way out from there. Uh, yes. All right, let's go back downstairs. Here's uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, approach wise, I wouldn't say it was too much, too different. Uh, just you know, preparing uh, to get in the game a lot earlier, just starting, make sure everything was in order. But, um, yeah, I just wasn't feeling the you know, best to start the game, so just trying to you know get back into the rhythm, coming off a of break and everything like that. So, what do you mean not feeling your best? Um, just. Honestly, I felt a little sick today, but um, just trying to, you know, continue to play through it and not making excuses for anything, uh, and you know, just trying to play. How surprised were you uh, by that opening play of the game, freeing up Walker for that corner three? Uh, I wasn't surprised at all. You know, it was the first conversation I had with Walker. I asked him, do he like to roll or pop? And he told me he likes to pop. So uh, I'm not surprised by it at all. So, yeah. First conversation you had with him? First conversation. Amazing. Yeah. This summer, yeah, when I first got traded. When did you find out he was lying? Uh, <laughs> obviously, he ain't lying. It's all right. Uh, it only but, took 60 games to get to it. Yes, uh, but yeah, just seeing, you know, knowing that he's always been able to shoot that and just get an opportunity to show everybody now, uh, it's been great for him. So I was excited to be able to make the pass. 
Obviously, you made a pretty big play at the end of regulation, too. What's it like to have a guy who's, like, that good a rim protector playing by? Um, it's just like playing, you know, like how the other teams have, the other teams here have Rudy, and they just basically filtered everything to him. Uh, you know, with him being younger and already, like, having that type of skills plus speaks to him about, about him and how hard he works. And how good he works. Thanks, All right, there you go. That is uh, Talon Horton Tucker. And uh, tonight, JP, uh, Talon was in the starting lineup, had uh, nine points, didn't shoot well, two of 11 shooting, one of six from three. But his uh, his streak of having great assist games continues. He had six assists tonight, uh, four turnovers, which you don't love seeing. But he also grabbed seven boards. He, uh, You know what? He's... He's making the most of the opportunity he's getting. It was much better in the second half. Yes. Also, I mean, the first half was a little bit rough, and shooting on the eyes for the entire game for everybody was a little rough, especially with the shot doctor, Chip England, on uh, the sideline for OKC. You remember Chip England? He helped fix Kawhi Leonard's yeah, shot. in San Antonio. He was in yeah. San Antonio forever, did that. He probably didn't enjoy watching this game as far as the way that these two teams shot. But... Taylor Horton Tucker, It's we're going to find out a lot about him over this next 20 games, see how much he can play, how he would do things if he could hand him the keys as a point guard. And I thought he represented himself pretty well. Four turnovers going against ones. He's probably a backup point guard right now for this team with the role that he's been given because he didn't know how he was going to be playing day-to-day when you have Mike Conley and Colin Sexton ahead of him in a lineup. And then Nikhil Alexander Walker was also biting in on his playing time as well. He's got much bigger opportunity. And if he can keep those turnovers down, he can show himself to be a really good contributor for this team. I like the little flashes that we've seen that Toronto game, the Knicks game that he had where he had a good floor game. He continues to show those improvements and that's going to go a long way for him. JP, let's check out the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Tonight, the uh, Jazz from the line were 23 of 27. Uh, Lowry Markinen himself was 10 of 10 from the line. Pretty yeah, darn good. Uh, the Thunder were 21 of 27. So a lot of foul shots as we've uh, come to expect when JP fills in for Coach Lacombe. Yeah. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander himself shot 19 free throws tonight, JP. 19! That's how he's vaulted up into this stratosphere of being a potential All-NBA guy because he's going to the free throw line. He's taken on all of that physicality. I love watching Shea. He's a tremendous player, and him drawing fouls because he's got all those fakes, he uses his pump fake, he has great Footwork, Booner highlighted this during the broadcast. His footwork's really good, and his mid-range game really sneaks up on you because how many players are shooting mid-range shots nowadays? Shea's one of them, and yeah. he, he can make those shots, so you have to bite on those pump fakes. He caught Ochai a couple times. He caught Taylor Horton Tucker a couple times, and that's how he ends up at the free throw line getting those easy points. Post game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own. My Subaru is dot com. Jazz win tonight. No T one twenty to one nineteen over the Thunder. We'll get your play of the game coming up next. You're listening to Utah Jazz basketball. Running up, blocked. 
final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Inbound by Giddy. Skip pass to Joe. Takes a dribble to his right. Drives to the rack. Kessler's there. Blocks it. And we're going to overtime. Walker, Ross, Kessler on both ends. And we're going to overtime. All right, your play of the game. The game-saving block from Walker Kessler. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for Service, Sales, and Selection, LHMauto.com. Driven by you. Shout out to our guy, David Locke. Captured the moment, as usual. The Jazz win tonight in overtime, 120-119 to 119 over the Thunder. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru is campaign real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share. MarkMillerSubaru.com. JP kind of comes full circle. JP Chunga, by the way, in for Coach uh, Lacombe tonight. Uh, the story of the game, Walker Kessler and Lowry Markinen. And we heard them together in their postgame sound. They were both uh, incredible. 43-10 and 10 for Lowry tonight. Kessler had seven points but had 18 boards and seven block shots. Eight of those rebounds in the fourth quarter. And this was the biggest part of the game for the Jazz, was them – stopping OKC from grabbing offensive boards. They only had three in the fourth quarter in overtime. Well, considering they gave up 20 for the entire game, I'd say that was quite the improvement. Exactly. And it was because <laughs> of, of Walker Kessler being yeah. out there and, and controlling the paint, grabbing those defensive rebounds because they needed them. They were all over the place in the first half and the, the second half. They probably outshot the Jazz considerably because they also had those turnovers as well for Utah. Like OKC was probably getting the possession advantage way in their direction uh, because of the amount of shots that they were getting. But Walker Kessler was huge. You can see every single game how hard he's coached by Will Hardy, how he responds to that sort of coaching, and he just gets better and he responds every single time. He made a mistake not doubling Shea Gilgis-Alexander at one point, and it ended up with Shea getting fouled by THT and going to the free throw line. And then he makes the pivotal play to save the game to go to overtime with the block. He grabbed the offensive rebound to put it back and tie the game. The Jazz continue to be Michael Myers. You can't put him away. They come back every single time that you think that they're dead. They won't die. They continue to have these close games, Jake. It's been so fun to watch. This has been a really fun year. Um, you know, the Jazz, prob- they don't have the record they had last year, but this year, I mean, all the games are close. The team plays really hard, exciting moments, big dunks. I mean, tonight was a pleasure to watch. Even though they neither team shot particularly well, it wasn't a beautiful game per se, and it was fun to watch and exciting. And I'm sure Will Hardy, his coaching job is for his motivation, becomes pretty easy because of expectations going sure. into the year. Yeah. When nobody thinks anything of you, especially the players that they – we talked about this. Players that they got in the deals, it was all about the draft picks. Yep. The only thing that everybody was talking about was how many draft picks the Jazz had, how they have this big bevy and treasure chest of assets of players we don't even know, the currency of hope, draft picks. But it turns out the player's pretty good too. Walker Kessler's turned out to be pretty good. Ochai Abaji's turned out to be pretty good. And Lowry Markinen is an all-star, a deserving all-star. 
He had his weekend last weekend, and he's having his night tonight. He continues to up the ante with his scoring and his good games. He's had stretches like this in Chicago, but as far as consistency throughout a year, hasn't seen it until now, and he continues to deliver. I thought the first moment of that was Phoenix when he has 38 and he hits that shot over Booker fading away. But tonight might even up the ante because of the way that he performed in the fourth quarter in overtime as well. He was making tough shots in the post, that hook shot. Um, he continues to show things and take on challenges. And especially with 20 games to go and him being the number one option unquestionably and the leader in the locker room, this is even more that he has to shoulder. Uh, Lowry. Finished tonight, as we mentioned, with 43, 15 of 28, shooting 3 of 12 from 3, 10 of 10 at the line. He had 10 boards. Jordan Clarkson tonight, 24 points on 9 of 19 shooting. He had 6 assists. Nice night for Jordan. 4 rebounds. Uh, Kelly Olenek had 12 tonight, 7 boards. We mentioned Walker Kessler had 7 points, 18 rebounds, 7 block shots. The 7 blocks and 18 boards, both career highs. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker in the starting lineup, 9 points, 6 assists, 7 boards. The bench tonight, uh, Chris Dunn getting his first uh, first action as member of the Utah Jazz. 11 points for him tonight on 5 of 10 shooting. And then Ochai Obaji was uh, was uh, good coming off the bench as well with uh, 12 points, four boards, three assists. He was four of 11 shooting, three of eight from three. For the Thunder, Shea uh, Gilgis-Alexander was great, 39 points, 12 of 26 shooting. He was 15 of 19 at the line. He also grabbed eight boards, dished out seven assists as well. Josh Giddy uh, had 18 points, and uh, Kendrick Williams had 16 uh, coming off the bench for the Thunder, who you know I I still think are are a good young team, but um, Jazz went toe to toe with them tonight and uh, and come out uh, with a win and a thriller. Chris Dunn, shout out because he was in a lineup with a couple of guys who weren't with the Jazz at the start of this month: Juan Toscano, Anderson, Damian Jones, Chris Dunn. They were in the same. They were playing the same minutes at one point in the third quarter, and Chris Dunn was disruptive. He was giving Shea some issues because that's where he's going to make his money is being a defensive player. And you're on a 10-day deal. You barely know where to go for your own locker room when you're at home. This is an entirely new situation for him coming from the G League. He was very impressive being a spark plug and being something that can throw a, a little bit of a change up to somebody like Shea offensively. Really good minutes from Chris Dunn tonight. All right, we want to say a big thanks to everybody who helped out with the broadcast tonight. Of course, Lock and Boone uh, doing great work calling all the action. Thanks to our broadcast assistants. Thanks to Mike Smith for jumping on with us in the pregame show. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins, executive producer of the Jazz Broadcast. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, title sponsor of the postgame show, the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. JP, thanks for filling in round ball round up the podcast download it listen to it in fact uh want to tease something coming up where we have uh, on deck with the pod avery johnson will be on next week hey colin sexton's college coach how about that good get jp look at you all right round ball round up don't forget jazz win tonight over the thunder in overtime 120 to 119 next broadcast coming your way saturday night the spurs are in town that game will tip at seven pregame begins at six you have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.
A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.